man, this ain't Monday Night Football. This is the Ring Scoof Podcast. Let's get with it. What's up, wrestling fans? Welcome to Ring Scoops Live, right here, live on Twitch. I'm the webmaster, Wade Needham, and this is Thursday, October 28th, 2021, and we're going to talk about wrestling. We're going to talk about Monday Night Raw. We're going to have some AEW news. We're going to talk about Impact, Bound for Glory, Ring of Honor, and a lot of other things. I got stuff on the market board written. Halloween Havoc happened. Uh, just today alone, some some big stuff happened in wrestling. Um, some sad news, actually, as well. You know, a lot of a lot of different things. And we have uh, Adian. He's in the chat, which I love his username, by the way. Vegan and work at Outback. Such a great name. It's a very creative name. Adian in the chat says something cool happened on AEW during one of. His concerts, my favorite rapper, JPEG Mafia, had a guy dressed as MJF, did a dual rock bottom through a table. That's cool, man. Right on. Not familiar with uh, with that rapper, but uh, that's cool. Uh, it's always nice when, uh, you know, outside elements of wrestling get involved in the wrestling and whatnot, you know? Um he says uh, him at Darby, Darby Allen. Yeah, cool. Right on. I, I always like the synergy when, uh, when, when wrestling, you know, reaches other things, uh, cross promotion, you know, happens, and you get the uh, the casual fans invested. That's something that uh, you know has been a hot topic lately in, in wrestling is is the casual fans, right? The casual fans. Uh, there's a lot of people that say AEW needs to cater to casual fans. And, uh, you know, Tony Khan, AEW, for the longest time, said that they're going to focus on just their core audience, who they know they, they are going to watch. You know, they're going to market to those people, and they don't care necessarily about the casual fans, where WWE wants the casual fans. So it's like it's two different things, and they're they're clashing. It's not even necessarily WWE and AEW themselves are clashing. It's it's 90% of it is at the fan level. You know, um, Tony Khan has come out and has publicly said a lot of, you know, things about WWE and mentioning them and whatnot. And, uh, you know, in the past, certain people in WWE would take subtle shots. Um, it hasn't been necessarily, you know, the case as much lately on WWE side. Tony Khan, though, like in the last three weeks or so, has really went on a public tirade. Um, he's kind of slowed down with it. He, he's definitely kind of slowed down with it, but, um, yeah, man, uh, I don't even know where I was going with that. That was, uh, I don't know. Anyway, Hey, but there's a lot of stuff that happened just today in wrestling. Um, hacksaw Jim Duggan, he posted a video where he, uh, he stated that he has been diagnosed with, prostate cancer he's going in for surgery i believe tomorrow on friday uh october 29th um and uh you know that's all cancer is bad right prostate cancer is really freaking bad um i don't think anybody's ever come back from prostate cancer but you know uh Best wishes, you know, to, to Jim Duggan and his family. You know, growing up 
you know, Hacksaw Jim Duggan. He wasn't my anywhere near my all-time favorite wrestlers, but he was one of my favorite wrestlers growing up. Um, as a kid, watching wrestling and Hacksaw Jim Duggan would come out on, on, on the screen and just be in full force character and explode off the screen with his two-by-four and calling people tough guy and, you know, his, his patented ho, you know. Um, Jim Duggan, man. Jim Duggan uh, had a lot of really cool moments for me as a kid watching. Uh, you know, I, I came in watching wrestling maybe right at the very, very tail end of the King Duggan gimmick. Um, and he had turned face and was the patriotic all-American hacksaw Jim Duggan. You know, with the two-by-four, the American flag, the tough guy, you know, all that stuff. What, what everybody really remembers Jim Duggan for. Um, you know, and I remember uh, watching him in WCW, you know, and he carried that gimmick over. And it wasn't lost on him. Uh, going from one company to another, you know, he, he never lost his enthusiasm. I feel like I'm giving a eulogy to the guy. He's still alive. Jeez. But you guys get what I'm saying, all right? I mean, like, Hacksaw Jim Duggan, man, he's a legend. Like, he's beyond a legend. He's, he's like, in that in-between spot of, you know, like a extremely well-known, well-respected, all-rounded wrestler and, like, the Hulk Hogan and the, and the, the Rock and Steve Austin status. He's, like, right in between that. Like, he's definitely a step and a cut above a lot of people, especially from his day, too. You know, but never really got to that level of like making box office numbers like Steve Austin, The Rock, Hulk Hogan and and you know Ric Flair and all that stuff. Not, I'm not trying to take away from him, but uh, you, I hope you guys get what I'm saying, man. Hacksaw Jim Duggan. Come on, man. Jim Duggan. Let's give it one more for the tough guy. Ho! Hacksaw Jim Duggan. Adian in the chat says, um, bad move there. I'm a half. Half, because half hardcore AEW expects too much from their viewers. Give me a reason to care about the New Japan guys. Forgive me my typos I'm eating. It's all good, bro. It's all good, man. Um, Yeah. I mean, I don't don't know what AEW expects out of their viewers. Um, Because quite honestly, I'm, I'm not one of their regular viewers. I would be considered... Nowadays, uh, a casual fan, uh, you know, 10, 15 something years ago, I was a borderline casual hardcore fan, but I've definitely have, as I've gotten older and I've mellowed out in a lot of things, I've, I've, I've actually become a casual fan. And five years ago, I probably would have had a problem if somebody called me that, but I accept it now. I understand what a casual fan is. That's me. Um, I used to put wrestling, uh, as a priority over a lot of things in my life. And that's definitely not the case. Now, um, back in the day, I had to record every single show that was on TV, every wrestling show. I would watch it countless hours. Um, we would have like family get togethers, barbecues, all that kind of stuff. I would schedule a lot of my timing and all that stuff, you know, to interact with everybody around what was going on that day in wrestling. And I look back and like, there was a lot of stupid decisions on my part. You know, I was very, very stupid in my youth. Um, today is a different day. Today is a very, very different day. Wrestling is, is not, not only taking a backseat 
but they're in like the, the third back seat in the minivan, if that makes sense. Cat saying uh, to say they are beating WWE. <laughs> uh, Adian says, uh, run a video package about Suzuki. I want to care, but I can't bring myself to. You know, and here's the thing. When you, like, a statement like that, what you just said, right? Run a video package for Suzuki. Uh, there's going to be a handful of fans out there that are going to say, oh, well, why don't you just go do it yourself? Do your own research. Go watch it yourself and all that kind of stuff. It's only so many hours in the day. You know what I mean? If there's already a plethora of hours per week to watch wrestling, Monday Night Raw is three hours. NXT is two hours. AEW Dynamite is two hours. Impact Wrestling is two hours. SmackDown is two hours. Rampage is one hour. AEW has uh, two YouTube shows, right? They have Dark and the Dark Elevation. I have no idea how long those are. Um, and those are just the mainstream promotions here in SoCal, or not SoCal, here in the United States. Then you start adding on all the other international shows. New Japan... You know, Triple uh, A, up in Canada, over in the UK, uh, you know, other areas in Asia and whatnot. You know, all around the world, there's a lot of promotions. You got a lot of indie promotions here in the U.S. too that a lot of people watch. It's only a certain amount of hours in the day. It would not hurt a television product to run a video package. To push this agenda of, oh, it's my fault that I don't know who somebody is because I didn't take the time out to look, you know, to see who they are. What if this is what I'm watching on a show and this is the very first time I've ever heard of anybody? What am I going to do? Pause a live show to go research somebody and then come back to it? And then, like, I'm going to be behind the live audience in case I'm interacting with people on social media. So then, like, you know, I run the risk of being spoiled by other things. During commercial breaks, you have to fast forward to catch up to everybody. You know what I mean? It's, it's, it's work. And it shouldn't have to be work to watch professional wrestling. It's an outlet to escape. It's an entertainment form. It's not meant to give you a headache. It's not meant to make you feel bad. It's meant to make you feel good. If you're feeling bad from a day at work, at school, or anything else that you do, your social activities, your financial activities, if you have a, a hardship in that, you go home, you watch wrestling. You go home, you have a nice meal. You play a video game. You read a book. You hang out with your kids. You play with your brothers and sisters. You talk to your parents. You do that kind of, you get off, get on social media. You, you, you do those things as an outlet and that's what wrestling is. We shouldn't have to make wrestling homework. It's not going to destroy a TV program. If you give us a 90 second video vignette saying, this is who this person is and this is what they can do up next. You're going to be able to actually see this person. So when they have a match, you're going to be like, I'm a little informed on this guy. I may or may not be invested. I have no idea. Depending on how I feel from the video, I may want to cheer the guy or I may want to boo the guy. It's it's simple as that. 90 seconds. That's not it's not going to tear anything away, man. You know? Nowadays a lot of TV shows don't even really have intros to TV. Remember back in like in the 80s, every sitcom had like a long elaborated intro. 
Like you watch a, a TV show today and like the intros are like, they show a logo with a little jingle and it's like five to 10 seconds long and you're out. A wrestling show could do that. Give us like a 20 second intro where like seven seconds of it is, is the logo at the end. It's all you need. Just something to kind of get somebody a little jazz, throw a little pyro out there and boom, you start your show just by cutting out 90 seconds of an intro. You got 90 seconds to, I don't know, introduce a person. Cat in the chat. I just love saying that. Cat in the chat says, especially on a guy who was only known in death match in the death match world. Yes. Especially if there is a categorized genre wrestler, somebody who's known for only a certain thing. Um, I think that when AEW brought in I can't remember the guy's name already. They did a dark side of the ring episode on the guy. He robbed the bank. Uh, I can't, the pizza cutter guy. I can't remember his, his name, but uh, anyway, I think they really capitalized AEW did on bringing him in when he, when they did, because the week prior they had that dark side of the ring episode on them. And so a lot of people that watch both of those shows kind of got a little of an, an understanding of who he is. Cat says there in the chat, Nick Gage. You know what I mean? Watch Dark Side. I didn't know much about him, but I watched Dark Side of the Ring. I knew a lot about him. So that kind of went a little hand in hand right there, too. I didn't necessarily have to, you know, pencil into my Google calendar. Oh, I need to go look up this guy. He was already on a show that I watch. And then a week later, he popped up on a wrestling show, mainstream TNT, AEW Dynamite. And I got an idea of who he was. So I knew what to expect when I saw him. You know what I mean? It's kind of like, um, I think it was the first episode of Rampage or the second episode. Um, the Whoever that is that, that, that came back and uh, aligned themselves with Britt Baker. I've, her name is on, on the tip of my tongue. I can't even remember it. But, um, you know, when she came in and revealed who it was, but didn't know I didn't know who it was. Based on Twitter, I a lot of other people didn't know who it was. Jamie Hader, thank you so much, Adian. I really appreciate that. Um, Jamie Hader, I didn't know who who she was. She she revealed herself. She had bright red hair. It was around the time that there was a lot of uh, speculation on the whole situation with with Becky Lynch. I, for a split second, was like, did Becky jump ship? Like, how crazy would have that, that have been on the first episode of Rampage to set the mood? But then they said, oh, it's Jamie Hayter. She's returned to AEW. You know, and I was like, okay, this could be interesting. And they're like, yeah, she hasn't been here since the debut on Impact. It's been two years. And I'm like, is that really a return? Is it is it really a return? When AJ Styles showed up at the 2016 Royal Rumble. Did we say that, that he was returning? Because remember, he had a match on Velocity once. Once. Jamie Hayter had an appearance at AEW. What, once, right? They called it a return. We didn't call AJ Styles' WWE appearance a return. I'm playing semantics here now, right? I mean, leave it to the communications major to play semantics like that but yeah yeah anyway 
That's that's some extremely off-topic stuff that I, I a little bit of it I kind of like popped into the what I, idea that I wanted to talk about on Ring Scoops Live. The rest of it, that's all you guys. That's all chat. I appreciate it too. I wanted to um, talk a little bit about some mon- a Monday Night Raw. Um, just brief, quick thoughts on that. Um, so it was like the season premiere. A lot of people had uh, new music and whatnot. Um, the opening segment. Uh, you know, all right. Some of the tweets that I put out, I didn't really go detailed about Raw, but uh, Becky Lynch looked really, really good on Raw. Um, solid segment with Becky and Bianca. That was extremely solid. I've never really been the kind of person um, that has been like extremely high on Bianca Belair. I I get that she's a very, very talented individual. She's over with a lot of people. It's just from a pure, does she entertain me as much as other people on the roster aspect? And the answer is no. There's, there's a, a handful of people that I enjoy watching more than her. Not to say that I don't like her. I do. It's just I'm not a huge mark for her. But her and Becky Lynch really had a... Uh, a strong segment on Monday Night Raw. Um, like I said, a lot of people had new music with this new season, if you will, of uh, Monday Night Raw. Damian Priest, one of them. His new theme, I think, was badass. I loved it. I thought it was a huge improvement over what he previously had. Um, they did a vignette for Veer, and that was very polarized on social media. Uh, I don't think there was anybody in between. There was people that really loved it or people that really hated it. I was one of the people that actually enjoyed it. I liked it. Um, I can't wait to see where they're going to go with Veer on uh, Monday Night Raw. Hopefully they veer him in the right direction. <laughs> uh, bad joke. I know it. Um, but, uh, yeah. All right. So I got the results up here for Monday Night Raw. Um, let's see. The opening segment of Sonya Deville. Uh, with Big E, Seth Rollins, Rey Mysterio, Kevin Owens, Finn Balor setting up for the main event that night, um, being a uh, a ladder match, number one contendership. Um, I was hyped for that. It's it, you know that was refreshing to have a segment like that. It reminded me of uh, you know way back in the day when you would have a very very strong opening, and it led to not you know. Oh, this person will take them on next week or on the pay-per-view or anything like that. You give the people in the audience something to look forward to as well. So tonight we're going to have this match. And there it was. Um, They were setting, they were kind of setting the pace, setting the tone for what is to come in uh, the next couple of months here. On this Raw, it was it definitely felt like a season premiere because they also had a number one contenders match for the tag team titles, where Ziggler and Rude defeated the Street Profits in the Alpha Academy, and um, I thought that was a really strong opening match right there, a really good match between those three teams. I love Alpha Academy. Otis is one of my favorite uh, personalities to watch. I'm glad he's over on Raw. I think he'll fit in very well on Raw. In the chat, Cat says, I think uh, people are crying about Seth winning. Is fu- well, we haven't even gotten to that match yet. There we go. But anyway, um, I think uh, 
people crying about Seth winning. It's funny because to me, it's renewing a feud from the first time of NXT as Seth was the first NXT champion and the person to dethrone him was Big E. You are correct in that. Big E Langston defeated Seth Rollins for the NXT championship. Uh, we had the coronation of Queen Zelina Vega and then a, a match with Dewdrop where Vega defeated Dewdrop. You know, all right, I'm huge on Dewdrop. I love Dewdrop. Uh, Piper's a great character. Um, great in ring personality. Uh, I wish a character like her in a positive light that she's in, I wish was around 20, 25 years ago when I was a lot younger growing up to see somebody like her be such a positive influence, a positive uh, character and not your stereotypical, you know, heavy person, you know, on TV. Uh, It's refreshing nowadays to see, you know, somebody that looks like her get utilized the way that they are utilizing her. Uh, Zelina Vega, you know, when she was in NXT, the one criticism that I always had was that she was too fast. She talked too fast. She was too in your face to the point where it was like, shut the fuck up. Pardon my language. And the funny thing is when her and Andrade went over to SmackDown, I think it was like that first week she did her usual shtick. But the week after that, all the way up to right now, she has slowed things down, which tells me that I'm not the only person that felt that way. There was somebody internally that had to have felt that same way and told her, pull the reins back just a little bit and you're going to be there. And she did that and she became such a stronger character. I like Zelina Vega. I really do. Very good character. Hopefully they do something with her because she's a great talent in the ring. Out of the ring, though, she needs to she needs to kind of know what battles to fight and what battles not to fight. But I will give her credit on her loyalty and her dedication. Okay, yeah, we already talked about the Bianca Belair and Becky Lynch thing. That was such a solid segment. Such a solid segment. Damian Priest and T-Bar. Priest defeated T-Bar via disqualification. Priest is Priest is a beast in the ring. Really is. Uh, in the chat, I missed this. Uh, Adian said he, he doesn't like the name Dewdrop. I don't have any problem with it personally. I mean, a name is a name. It's not like she's coming out, you know, stinky linky or something like that, right? Uh, Dewdrop isn't that bad of a name. Uh, speaking of names, Damian Priest versus T-Bar. So many people on social media. Oh my God, just call him Dijakovic. Just call him. Doesn't matter what you call him. He's going to be doing the gimmick that they want him to do. So it doesn't even really matter what kind of name they necessarily give him. T-Bar works for what he's doing. You know, what if they give him a gimmick and it just really ruins his character? But they go by the name that you like, Dijakovic, and it ruins that name too. You know what I mean? It's kind of like when I was a business major, one of my teachers really hammered it down into us. 
do not use your name in your company name. Because if your company gets a bad reputation, then guess what happens? Your name then gets a bad reputation. If you're a private enough behind the scenes and they only know your company, then your company name gets the bad reputation and you don't. But if once you put your name on there, like let's say Adian Incorporated, and let's say you do something and 90% of the world gets pissed off at your company, they're going to be pissed off at Adian. And then when you go to do other things, they're going to be like, oh yeah, that's Adian who ran Adian Incorporated. We don't like him. We're not going to support him on this. You know what I mean? It's the same thing. So, like, what if they give him the crappiest gimmick in the world and they called him Dijakovic and he just shits the bed completely? You're not going to probably want to give him a chance as Dijakovic anywhere else. I know it's a little different with wrestling because you could still be presented in a different way and you're not really a, a company per se yourself in the literal sense of what you are as a company figuratively like Kevin Nash would say you know Nash Inc Shawn Michaels you know what I mean it's it's I hope I'm making sense with that Adian says uh it would be like if they called Bruce Wayne Batman when he was out doing stuff during the day yeah I guess you could call it that yeah I mean it's a that's an interesting look at it I could definitely see aspects of that being part of it yeah yeah so if this character shits the bed and is T-Bar, well, you take him off a of TV for a little while, he comes back with a whole new gimmick and he's Dijakovic. People get attached to it. They like it. It's good stuff. Plus, it also kind of plays into the factor that WWE, like any other company, like to have their own set of intellectual property. So if you create a name, you could trademark it, and you can use it other times, other places, and whatnot, like Sankara. Mystico was Mystico. He came in and changed his name to Sankara, which was a WWE-owned name, and they created the mask and whatnot. So if he got released, guess what? They still have a character and a name. It's just like Impact with Suicide. They've got a character and a name, and they could put anybody under the mask, and you would never have to know that it's a different person. This They did that with Sankara. The chat cat says, seriously, like the people crying about calling Keith Lee Bearcat. He explained in a recent interview that the character is something that him and Vince came up with bringing out the Keith Lee that played football. Yeah. And Keith Lee also mentioned, you know, that it's to pay homage to one of his favorite wrestlers from the past. So, you know, there's a lot of things going behind the scenes that people just like to, you know, impulse, impulsively, uh, jump on and criticize and, and, and whatnot. It's no different than if you're in the, you're at the grocery store and you're in line waiting to check out and you're bored because the person in front of you is, is using 20 million coupons and you're looking around and all of a sudden you're like, wait a minute now that snicker bar looks really good. And you grab the snicker bar, even though you had no intentions of, of getting it, it's an impulse buy. Some people are bored. Some people have a very short attention span. They don't want to give it another chance to do new things. They don't want to think about it. They just want to impulsively be like, yeah, I don't like this. It's too new. It, it doesn't doesn't roll off my tongue, so I don't like it. Uh, bleh, bleh, you know? People do that. Cat uh, says, people just want to bitch at Vince because of just trying to see the picture. 
There's not a lot of people like to just take a step back, breathe it in, and then say, hey, do I like this or not? It's as soon as they see it, they're just like, eh, get that out of here. Ain't watching that. Nah. Nope. It's just too much of that. Too much of that. They are quick to blame. They're very quick to blame. They're very quick to pass the buck, too. Uh, Liv Morgan and Carmella. Not too bad of a match there. Carmella defeated Liv Morgan. Um, I do really wish that they would finally just do something with Liv Morgan, though. She's got a lot of potential. Um, You know, if they were still doing the old NXT, I'd say, hey, just put her back down there. It's done, you know, some people wonders. And we'll get into that in a little bit. Uh, Keith Bearcat Lee versus Cedric Alexander. Lee defeated Alexander. And um, this was perfect pairing because of the size difference, right? So so Lee can just kind of toss him around. He have his way with him. It's like, um, what's that movie with Leonardo DiCaprio where the bear had his way with him? No pun intended, Bearcat. Uh, but yeah, man, uh, you know, you do that and then visually... I mean, Lee doesn't really need the small guys to look, you know, impressive, but it, it, it it doesn't hurt to put him with a guy that's smaller than him. It just really makes him look even more over the top. I like it. I like it a lot. Dominic Mysterio and Austin theory. you know, I would have thought that these guys would be able to throw on down a really good, solid match. And, you know, maybe if they got a little bit more time, some pay-per-view, you know, match or whatnot, you know, maybe they could do that. But this on Raw, I mean, it wasn't bad. Um, it is what it is there. Theory looked all right. You know, he defeated Dominic Mysterio. Um, so, I mean, I mean I, neither neither guy in a loss, I don't think, would have been hurt. So, that's fine. I think in the long stretch of things, I think Dominic Mysterio will have a... a uh, a bigger career than Austin theory um, because of his lineage. Number one, second, he actually can go in the ring and three, you know, he's a lot younger. He's got a lot more, you know, time ahead of him, and uh, they're really invested in him a lot too. We got the uh, raw tag team championship match. RK bro cat's favorite tag team. Versus Dolph Ziggler and Robert Roode. See, it kind of goes back to what I was saying earlier, right? Let's not just like throw something out there um, that, you know, we're going to hype this up and then, oh, next week. And then the audience there is like, yeah, we don't get to see it. Or they hype it up and they're like, yeah, this is going to happen at the next pay-per-view. And the same thing. Oh, we're going to see you. We're not going to see this. They did it with the number one contender match. They said, all right, this is the four-way ladder match. And it's tonight. And they're like, oh, yeah, all right, cool. All right, we're going to have a tag team number one contender match. And then later on that night is the championship match. So it's really cool because the people that paid a ticket are getting something worth their while instead of pretty much paying a ticket to see an advertisement for the next week, which is fine for the people the next week because they're going to be like, oh, you know, seven days before they go, they're going to be like, oh, this should be a good show. 
I mean, eventually, if you keep doing it, then eventually you are going to have good shows no matter what, week to week. It's just kind of cool that, like, you know, when you're sitting in the crowd, they're hyping up a match. It's kind of cool to be the ones to actually get to see the match hyped up at the show that you attend. I understand something should be a cliffhanger for the next week. That's what TV shows need to do. That's what wrestling is. Wrestling is a TV show. It's a very, very much a TV show. Don't let anybody tell you otherwise. Wrestling is a TV show. It's been that way for 25, 30 years now. RK Pro defeated uh, Rude and Ziggler. Uh, pretty good match. Pretty good tag team match. I think RK Bro each week are finding their footing as a tag team. And, uh, you know, the day that one of them turns on the other, which, you know, most people think it's going to be Randy turning on, turning on Riddle, I think it's going to be the other way around. I think Orton's going to work face in their program whenever, whenever they go down into it. Um, you know, this is heavily rumored to be a WrestleMania match. I actually kind of see this happening beforehand. I, I could see a turn sometime in December or January. Them running a first match. Uh, sorry. Them running a first match, you know, just to kind of test the waters a little bit, I guess. Maybe at Royal Rumble. Um, And then you have your big payoff in a gimmick match at WrestleMania. I could see that happening. I would not be opposed to that. But uh, good work here between those two teams. Uh, main event, Fatal 4-Way Ladder Match. Really good, solid match. This was like pay-per-view quality. And we got it on Monday Night Raw. Solid match. Seth Rollins defeated Finn Balor, Rey Mysterio, and Kevin Owens. Uh, so Seth Rollins is the number one contender for Big E's WWE Championship. And the chat cat says, uh, Randy's good with knowing how to work with people. Yeah, he's been in the game for such a long time. But remember, he's also a uh, system-built guy, too. Not that there's anything wrong with that. None at all. Um, Where was I? Okay. Hey, Monday, overall, Monday Night Raw... Really good, man. Monday Night Raw, I really liked it. I thought it was a solid presentation from Raw this week overall. Looking forward to what they can do next week. Looking forward to what they can do next week. Um, Real quick, just kind of as like a, a palate cleanser here. Uh, AEW, Tony Khan this week. Uh, made the announcement that going forward that Dynamite will be live each week for the West Coast. So people like me and, you know, Kat and whatnot and others, you know, that are on the West Coast, uh, you know, California, Washington, Nevada, Arizona. I know that's not coast, but, you know, this, this, this region. We get to watch Dynamite if we choose to at 5 p.m. instead of 8 p.m. And without having to watch it on a stream at 5 p.m. We can watch it TNT live. I remember when Raw was like that. I used to love to watch Raw at 5 on USA Network. Now I have to watch it on a stream at 5 p.m. And if I miss it, 
then I got to wait till eight o'clock, which is all right. If I watch, if I have to watch at eight o'clock, kind of brings me back to my, you know, my youth having to watch Monday Night Raw at that time. You know, when the sun sets and wrestling starts. It's good stuff, though. I like the idea of Dynamite being live like that. That was always like a TNT WCW thing that I always enjoyed growing up because Raw, when I was growing up, was not live for us out here. But Nitro would be live, and it would be so cool to watch Nitro at 5. That would end when they were two hours, then I'd have like an hour in between, uh, you know, to... Do what I need to do, dinner, homework, because homework came second. And then I could settle in for the night and watch Monday Night Raw. You know, like in 96 and whatnot when they were at 8 o'clock. They were 8 to 9. And then, of course, they moved to 9, and then they did two hours. But there was still that, there was like a buffer. There was like an hour or two buffer in between the shows. I really liked it because I got to watch both products. But then, you know, towards the end there, Nitro didn't do that, and you had to watch picture in picture. And... You know, or if you, if you had two TVs, you could have two TVs side by side. I did picture in picture. Um, when we got that kind of TV that was capable of doing that, we did that. Uh, otherwise, I would flip back and forth between, you know, if one was boring me at that moment, I'd watch the other. And then I would go to school the next day and my friends who were hardcore WWE or WCW guys, they would fill me in on you know, on the cracks that I missed because I watched both. I had a lot of friends that were one or the other where back then that was a rarity (laughs) to find a wrestling fan. That was a loyal wrestling fan to one promotion. Whereas today it's like common that somebody is like, I watched this promotion and I only watched this promotion and all the other promotions can, you know, can F off. It's very, very commonplace to see that nowadays. Hmm. We got almost 15 minutes until 5. I know Impact starts at 5. I don't... I don't want to go into that. So, I'm going to kind of quickly go over the rest of my format my thoughts here WWE announced their 2022 pay-per-view schedule on uh, Saturday January 1st day one at State Farm Arena in Atlanta Saturday January 29th the Royal Rumble at the Dome at America Center in St. Louis Saturday, April 2nd, and Sunday, April 3rd, WrestleMania at the AT&T Stadium in Dallas. Sunday, May 8th, pay-per-view at Dunkin' Donut Center in Providence, Rhode Island. Sunday, June 5th, pay-per-view at Allstate Arena in Chicago. Saturday, July 2nd, Money in the Bank at Allegiant Stadium in Las Vegas. Saturday, July 30th, SummerSlam at Nissan Stadium in Nashville. I I got a question. Anybody out there? It, it's a good trivia question. Um, I think I already know the answer, but I want to clarify. Just is this the first time that SummerSlam has never taken place in August since its inception? Saturday, July thirtieth, SummerSlam at the Nissan Stadium in Nashville. I may I may go to that. 
my buddy Tin Man lives out there in Tennessee. Maybe we get tickets. He and I can go. Um, Saturday, September 3rd, or Sunday, September 4th, a pay-per-view at a to-be-determined location. And Saturday, November 26th, Survivor Series at the TD Garden in Boston. In addition to the events above, pay-per-views taking place in February and October will be announced in the near future, which will, those will probably be the Saudi shows. Uh, Kat says, yes, I'm assuming to the SummerSlam question. She also says, uh, hopefully Allegiant will be uh, better to handle this time. Yeah, probably. Let's hope, right? Um, I noticed there's there's no December event listed. Are they just going to skip December? Huh. This should be interesting, man. Should be interesting. Um. All right, so we, we talked about Raw. We talked about AEW Dynamite Live West Coast. We got other news and tidbits at the very top of the show. The pay-per-view schedule. And now up next, Bound for Glory and then Halloween Havoc. And then I guess we can call it a show. Uh, I'm just going to do the quick results of Bound for Glory. I tried to watch it last night. I turned it off in the middle of it. I couldn't watch it anymore. <laughs> but here's the results. Um, Jordan Grace defeated Chelsea Green, Crazy Steve, Falabaugh, John Schuyler, and Madison Rain uh, to become the first ever Impact Digital Media Champion. Uh, to open up the show, The Inspiration, which is Cassie Lee and Jessica McKay, defeated Decay, Havoc, and Rosemary for the uh, Impact Knockouts Tag Team Championship. Uh, Trey Miguel defeated El Fantasmo and Steve Macklin uh, for the vacant X Division Championship. Heath and Rhino defeated Violent by Design. Is it violent by design or violence by design? Anyway, is it Monaco or Monaco? Anyway, he's dead. Uh, no, anyway. Yeah, so Heath and Rhino, they, they defeated uh, violent by design. Um, 20 wrestler intergender call your shot gauntlet match. I see Impact still loves these extremely long names for matches. Anyway, Moose won by last eliminating Matt Cordona. Uh, we've got the three-way tag team match for the Impact World Tag Team Championship. The Good Brothers defeated Finn Juice and the Bullet Club. Uh, Mickey James defeated Deanna Perrazzo for the Knockouts Championship. Josh Alexander defeated Christian Cage by submission for the Impact World Championship. And then Moose cashed in the Call Your Shot. Moose defeated Josh Alexander by pinfall for the Impact World Championship. But I'll tell you, I turned that on last night. Good opening video package. I was hyped. I was like, all right, cool. This is, I'm, I'm getting ready for this, man. And then they, they open up the show and there's this woman out there on the stage and she's singing and she's performing. And I'm like, all right, you know, a live performance. I, you know, I'm not going to knock that, right? You know, immediately. She kept going and I'm like, eh, I'm not really digging it. You know, it's not my style, but it's, you know, it's all right. And then out came the inspiration. And I don't know if it was like the editing or what, but it just seemed like nobody in the crowd gave a crap. And then, uh, you know, just then some of the aspects of the editing of the show, like a lot of aspects I saw that I did myself while I was editing 
for a promotion out here in so in Southern California where in between matches or before or after the show, I would send one of the camera guys to go out and get like crowd reactions, you know, B roll footage so that I could just pop in at certain places. Like if somebody does a crazy spot, boom, I pop in some B roll of somebody in, in the front row going, ah, and they did that beyond belief for bound for glory. And it looked horrible. It's fine for a, a very small budget independent promotion. It is not good for impact wrestling. I saw that a mile away. It looked horrible. It looked very horrible, in my opinion. It just and then Matt Stryker, dude, I like I hope to God that it's just not like a medical condition. I hope it's either equipment malfunction or something. But Matt Stryker, every once in a while, it would sound normal and then vocal fry would kick in and it would just be like obnoxiously bad. And if you don't know what vocal fry is, vocal fry is, it's like when you start kind of like talking like your voice is hoarse, it would just kind of like, you know, he would just kind of like settle into it kind of like this. And then he would pop right back out of it like this. Um, it's a phenomenon in, in communication and, and different things that a lot of people really started to really notice after, um, Oh, what's that TV show? Uh, man, it's been on forever. It's a medical show. Ugh, crap. What's it called? Uh, Gray's anatomy. I think that's the name of it. I, I don't watch it, but there was, I guess there's a character or two on there where they do that. You know, they, they, you know, they kind of like start talking like this, you know, like they got like the smoker's voice kind of thing. And like Matt Stryker would do that. And he would just, I don't know. Like I said, I, ho- I hope it's not a medical condition because I'm, I'm, I'm trying not to like, like pounce on the guy himself for it because maybe it's something he can't help. I don't know. I, and like I said before, I hope it's just like equipment malfunction, but whatever the case may be, it made for an unpleasant broadcast, in my opinion. I just wasn't liking it. So that kind of turned me off, too. D'Lo Brown's doing all right in commentary. You know, I didn't really have any qualms about D'Lo Brown as much. Um, I was just trying to think. Is it, you know, I turned it off right after the Heath and Rhino match. Because I just couldn't take it anymore, man. I just really couldn't take it anymore. Wasn't for me. I am not any other target audience. Um, so yeah, bound for glory. It is what it is, man. You know, and you know, I don't. I don't want people thinking that I'm just attacking stuff that's not WWE. Um, there's things WWE that I don't like. There's a lot of things I don't like, and I'm gonna get to that in a minute here with NXT uh, Halloween Havoc. I saw people going nuts calling it the greatest event of the of the year and whatnot. Oh, far from it, buddy. Far from it. Uh, so let's just let's kick things off just real quick here. We've got the Scareway to Hell ladder match for the NXT Women's Tag Team Championship. I, mean, I like this group, this Toxic by Attraction or whatever the name of it is. Um, you know, I, I dig the concept behind it, the execution behind it. I'm a huge Mandy Rose fan. Uh, and then this uh, J.C. Jane a chick. She's got a great look, great, great character, whatnot. She's going into it. Gigi Dolan, 
I don't like. I don't like her. I've never liked her. She's awkward beyond belief, in my opinion. I just can't get into her. And she's a huge takeaway for me getting really into this whole run with this toxic attraction thing. I just don't like her. I just don't. It's just something about her. But anyway, toxic attraction. They defeated Io Shirai, uh, Zoe Stark, Eddie Hartwell, and uh, what's her first name? Persia Parada. Uh, So, yeah, there was a lot of moments in this match that I was like, ooh, man, they need some work. Um, A lot of, I don't know if it was nerves or inexperience. I'm going to chalk it up on nerves. But chalk it up on nerves. Kat says, I mean, she used to be married to Darby Allen. So, I mean, I, that's not why I don't like her. I didn't know that. I don't think that would be a valid reason to not like somebody necessarily. Unless, like, I knew either one, either or personally. Um, But... There was quite a few moments in this match that I was just like, man, I would start to get into it and then it would take me out of it. Towards the end of the match, though, it got really good. And that bump that Io Shirai took, holy crap. Is she alive? Are her ribs still intact? Is her neck okay? Is her head still attached to her body? Io Shirai taking that bump out of the ring, over the top rope, bam, onto that ladder. I hope she got a good paycheck. Minus some of the slip-ups and sloppiness. Good opening match, though. It did set a tone for the night. Uh, Joe Gacy versus Malik Blade. Which was great. This the Grayson Waller, right? Being like the host to take over for LA Knight, uh, because of the emergency and all that stuff. Joe Gacy is a great character. I'm loving everything that this dude is doing. He's got a great look, he's got a great, you know, ability on the mic. Uh the direction they're taking him in is just phenomenal. It is really, really cool stuff with Joe Gacy. I, I just, I'm loving it, man. I, I really am. I thought it was a, I thought it was a good match. Not a lot of people really liked it, but I, I thought it was good. Uh, Gacy d- did beat Blade for it, for the match in the match, for the match in the match in the match. I don't know. <laughs> um, yeah. Diamond Mine, pick your poison. Roderick Strong versus Odyssey Jones. Roderick Strong is a great wrestler. This Diamond Mine group is a great group. Odyssey Jones, don't get me wrong, I'm pretty sure like he's got some really good matches behind him and everything. He looks awkward to me. He's a little sloppy. They didn't have chemistry. But that's just me. Uh, we have a trick or street fight. NXT Women's Championship. Raquel Gonzalez defending against Mandy Rose. Never been a fan of uh, Raquel Gonzalez. Um, I've always thought that she was extremely green and sloppy in the ring. I never liked anything, you know, like anything that she like did on the mic, did in the ring. I was just never sold on it. 
Never sold on it. I thought it was way too soon to put the strap on her. But having said that, this was the most entertaining Raquel Gonzalez match that I have seen. Her and Mandy Rose have chemistry together. And because of that, I wish that they would have a chance to do more stuff. But the outcome of the match proves otherwise. Because Dakota Kai is back. Dakota Kai and Raquel and Gonzalez are going to be doing some stuff together. Rightfully so. They should have been doing it all along up to this point, And maybe you start, you know, grooming Raquel up. Uh, because if any indication of, like, where somebody was to where they are now, if they've improved or not, last night has shown it. For the first time, I enjoyed a Raquel Gonzalez match. I don't know if it was necessarily because of just her improvements or because maybe, you know, what Mandy brought to the table. It could be both. It could be one or the other. It could be both. I don't know. Um, but I am, a, I am a big fan of Mandy Rose. She won the belt. She's the new NXT Women's Champion. I agree with it. Um, you know, to see Toxic Attraction with all three of them with championship belts reminded me of Evolution at the end of Armageddon in 2000. I believe it was or no 2003 I think it was th- yeah three because Goldberg was in the company in three not two uh, so it reminded me of that and that's always a good thing especially when you get a stable together and the idea behind a stable is for individual characters to come together at one point and when they eventually leave they are all elevated to the next level um it happened with the Horsemen. It happened with the Evolution. It happened with DX. Let's hope that this happens with Toxic Attraction, that all three ladies are elevated by the time their run is done. It definitely happened with the Shield. Def- yeah, and and Cat's right. The Shield in May 2013, they had all the belts too. So there you go. Uh, oh, throughout the night, sprinkles here and there, right? With the Carmelo Hayes, uh, Dexter Loomis thing, right? They go to you know the uh, they go to Dexter Loomis's house. I, I liked it. Um, I liked all the stuff that they did. Uh, I thought it was really well done, really, really well done. Entertaining, wasn't too over the top. It fit the Halloween thing. You know, any other time of the year, I would be like, yeah, no, we don't need this. But it's Halloween. You could forgive certain things. Kind of like, uh, you know, the main event of Dynamite this week, how I got a lot of crap, and normally I'd probably give it a lot of crap too. But considering the time of year it is, all is forgiven. Because once in a while, it's okay to do some goofy shit on TV. Once in a while. Especially if it fits. Read the room. Halloween time. Hey, um, Solo Sakoa. Uh, I think I pronounced it right. Solo Sakoa debuted. This dude looks like a mix between Roman Reigns and Samoa Joe. Great look. I'm sure he's going to be amazing in the ring. He's going to be a great fit for NXT 2.0. I'm looking forward to seeing where, uh, where they go with this guy. Solo and Braun Breaker down the road. Think about that for a minute. We've got the uh, Lumberjack O'Lantern <laughs> tag team title match, MSK versus Imperium. This, this was a tag team match. 
this was a tag team match. That's all I'm going to say. Watch it. Watch it. Imperium defeated MSK. Become the new tag team champions. Phenomenal work. That's all I'm going to say. Phenomenal work. The main event for the NXT Championship, by the way, that tag team title match, phenomenal work. Phenomenal work. Cat, I don't think he's going to copy anything that the Usos do. I think this man is going to be a brutal opponent for anybody he steps in the ring with. All right, we got the NXT Championship match. By the way, did I I let you guys know that that NXT Tag Team title match was a very good tag team match? All right, so the NXT Championship, the main event, Tommaso Ciampa defending against Braun Breaker. Yeah. Um... All right, I was very hyped for this. I was like looking forward to seeing like what Braun Breaker could do in a big match situation. They were uh, hoping they were going to give them some time, and they, they did give them some time. Um, at the very beginning, I was kind of like, maybe this may not be it for Braun Breaker. But then he started to come into his own a little bit. But you could definitely tell that this match was Champa taking the reins and saying, "Look, kid, I am going to go out there with you. I'm going to make sure that this match is good." And we'll make sure that you are elevated from this match. You're going to look strong. I'm going to come out as the winner, which he did. But you are still going to look strong. And then you have a lot of time from here to the next big match to improve. So we can see what you are capable of doing. It was like a proving ground kind of match. I think Braun Breaker got a passing grade in this match. Um, I don't like that it took three of those shins to the face followed by the fairy tale ending. I think that was just kind of overkill. Like after he did the third shin to the face, I was like, all right, cover him. He's done, man. But no, what did he do? He picked him back up to his feet. Champa picked up Ron Breaker back to his feet. The, the double underhook, the fairy tale ending, and then the one, two, three. Did you really need to do that? Three shins should have done it. Three of them. That's it. Yeah, you don't need to do anything else. But that's just me nitpicking. Eh. Um, oh yeah, sprinkled in between the show too. They were showing like the you know Halloween party in the backstage and all that stuff. And Tony D'Angelo, man, ah, Tony D'Angelo, ah, yeah, man, Tony, Tony's a good guy. Tony's a good guy. Okay, so overall, Halloween Havoc, I would say slightly above the middle for me. It was uh, it was entertaining. It was enjoyable. It didn't knock my socks off. Um, I, I this is gonna sound really, really weird. If I had to rank it, top three matches of the night. Number one, tag team title match. Number two would probably be Raquel Gonzalez and Mandy Rose. And then, yeah, it's got to be a coin flip between the main event and the opening match. But I think I'm gonna go with the opening match because as far as um like a precision thing kind of goes timing issues um, and, and any sloppiness involved in any of the matches. There was less of it in the main event than there were in the first match. First match. I mean, obviously you had way too many cooks in the kitchen. So that is a recipe for 
some sloppiness. Whereas in the main event, you had only two people, one being an extremely seasoned dude and the other one being a second generation guy who has it in his blood. Kind of an unfair advantage given the circumstances. But I'm not going to crap on Halloween Havoc. It had a lot of faults, but it still entertained me for the most part. And I watched the whole thing. I didn't turn it off in the middle of it. I didn't turn it off in the middle of it. We are five after five. I told myself that I wasn't going to do that, and we did. We got a, about an hour in. We're an hour and ten streaming, but an hour of that is probably like content of the actual show. So uh, I'm going to take bits and pieces of this and put it up on YouTube. Uh, I'm going to put the audio together, cut out certain things, whatnot, put it up on the podcast feed. So if you missed anything, uh, there's ways to watch or relive any of this stuff. I want to thank Adian and Kat for joining me in the chat all night. Really appreciate it. Um, Good stuff. Good chat. Had a lot of fun with both of you. Uh, don't forget to check out Ring Scoops on social media, YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, TikTok, Twitch, at Ring Scoops, the podcast, anchor.fm slash Ring Scoops, prowrestlingtees.com slash Ring Scoops for your t-shirts for Ring Scoops as well. We got the new Hot Dog and a Handshake t-shirt up, so check that out as well. And head over to ringscoops.com for more details on the Ring Scoops card game. Let me get it right here for y'all. The Ring Scoops Wrestling Card Game. Yeah. Three to eight players, but you can play as many as you want. Hell, you can just do two if you want, really. Do you think you have what it takes to cut the greatest promo in professional wrestling history? Step through the ropes, pick a gimmick, and know your role. The Ring Scoops Wrestling Card Game is the ultimate pro wrestling fan party game. Draw cards at random, use your creativity, and cut a promo on your opponent while the audience cheers. There it is. The Ring Scoops Wrestling Card Game. Ringscoops.com, more info on that. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I'm the Webmaster Wade Needham. Thank you for tuning in. However you watch this or listen to this, whether it be Twitch, YouTube, Anchor, anywhere else you get your podcasts, Much love to you all. Thank you so much. Until next time, I'm the Webmaster Wade, and I'm saying thank you, good night, and be cool.